Welcome back for another episode of the Happy at Work podcast with Laura, Tessa, and Michael. Each week, we have thoughtful conversations with leaders, founders, and authors about happiness at work. Tune in each Thursday for a new conversation. Enjoy the show. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Kevin Williams, who's the founder and CEO of Career Skills Invest. Thanks so much for joining us, Kevin. My pleasure, Laura. Awesome. I love to start with a career story. So if you would just tell me a little bit about your career journey and what you're doing now. Yeah. Career journey. I'm one of these people, uh, kind of like out of that book range by, uh, David Epstein. I've done a, a number of different things over about 25 years. So Navy to corporate finance. I was one of those people working to two o'clock in the morning, doing investment banking in my twenties. Don't hurt, don't hold it against me. <laughs> and, and then figured out, Oh, I'm making rich people richer. So let me do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of left. I went off and started coaching for the first time other people trying to make their own career transitions and get to the you know either go to grad school or figuring out what they were going to do next and then made my way to executive education and uh picked up a, a doctorate at that point my wife has since cut me off from any kind of additional degrees so so no more and uh found my myself doing sales readiness, uh, sales enablement work at LinkedIn. So I uh, had an opportunity to really sink my teeth into some some bodies of work around change management that were super exciting, you know, career defining. And uh, after that, I said, you know what? I've been a coach for a long time on the side. You know, let me double down on this and, and really give it my uh, undivided attention. And so that was about, oh, about a year and a half ago. And Hence the birth of Career Skills Invest in the Executive Accelerator. So now we help oh people managers ranging from senior manager all the way up through vice president navigate that good old messy middle. So yes. it's sticky, it's icky in the middle of organizations, as a lot of people probably feel, and uh, that we help folks uh, navigate through that. That's awesome. I want to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But before we do that, I was wondering, you know, we talk a lot at this podcast at the Happy at Work podcast about the idea of career fulfillment and like ha- really feeling like you have a sense of meaning and purpose and having joy at work. I was wondering, you know, given your vast career, um, different experiences, the range that you've experienced, can you tell us about a specific experience or time when you felt like, you know, your career really contributed to your happiness at work, that it was a great really great fulfilling time for you. Yeah. You know, I I would probably have to say I mean, I've I've been fortunate that I've had a few of these, so it was kind of difficult for me to answer the one that's mm-hmm. the high water mark, but I I would say there is a there was a moment when I was doing some work uh in around 2017-2018 and I was helping private sector executives go and attempt to solve public sector hairy problems, okay? And during that time, you know, it was the the organization I was working for, uh, essentially a social enterprise. 
And there was one executive who essentially, you know, was was someone that said, you know, I've done all this stuff in my career. I've made a lot of money. And now it's time for me to kind of give back and actually do something for the good of, of my state, of my city. And the, I just remember being moved when I heard them speak to an audience for why they were there. And so many people heard that, just that that talk, and they were speaking from the heart. And they, they had one of these resumes where it's like, oh, man, they crushed it at every two or three years. How did they time it so well? Like, they just had a crystal ball. You know, they were at this, the, the right, you know, oh, XYZ was, went public, and then they went to the next one. And like, how the, how did they? And, and then they kind of got off that track, and they wanted to spend a year really digging into, you know, some some hairy public sector stuff. Right. And it was just so inspiring to like hear their them tell their story and why they were doing it. And it and it boiled down to them being reminded by by how their grandparents wanted them to be raised. And thinking through well, what does it mean for them, you know, you know, people here talk about the tombstone test. But when it's all said and done, what do people talk about? Like, oh, if they met you back in the, you know, pick your decade. What would they say about you? They probably wouldn't say, "Oh, so and so had an XYZ title and they they really ran a team like the best of them." No, that they would say, you know, something about how they made them feel. You know, to quote Maya Angelou, or you know, how you were were speaking in such a way where other people were inspired to move. And it was just like one of these moments where it was like, you know what, I need to myself do a better job. And at that moment, that's when I kind of started having the inclination to me going out and carving out my own shingle and doing what I'm doing today. But it started probably from that talk. Like, so anyway, I think it's a lot of years. It takes years. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially as as you get old like me. But (laughs) yeah, I, I would say it was, it was a reminder of how it's important to think about what fills your cup, how to think about your legacy how to think about how you've made people feel. That's so good. And what really matters, right? It's not what kind of car you have or, you know, it just, that never ends that feeling of that consumer, more and more better car, better house, right? But the part, the part around, you know, making a difference for people, the part around feeling that sense of fulfillment is, you know, you can't buy that. It's just, that's so cool that you really focused on that. Let's talk a little bit more about the work you do around careers and career transitions. Because I think that, I mean, to me, that I could just imagine how fulfilling that could be when somebody's going through a really hard time to have that perspective, you know, and help somebody kind of manage through that. So I was wondering, like, what kind of advice you might give to somebody who's going, wants to go through a career change or is going through a career change? Yeah. It's a big deal. I look, I, I've, you know, working in corporate finance to learning and development to sales enablement to executive education, you know, you know, throw some military experience in there 28 years ago. I'm going to date myself a bit. You know, one could argue I've done like a number of lane changes where if I listened to people around me at the time, they, they said, well, you're not going to be able to do that. Like these re- recruiters, it's, it's round peg, round hole. Like you're fighting against the current. Why would you do that? But, you know, you kind of have to march to the beat of your own drum a bit. And all it takes is for you to say, no, I, I'm going to I'm going to go left now. I'm going to zig when others are zagging. 
And I, I, I have a very solid values-based reason for doing this. Mm-hmm. Not because you're chasing something that's shiny and dangly. It's because you've, you've done the work. So I would say if you've done the work and you're like, nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steer it a little bit to the left now, who cares what other, other people are saying? All that means is you, know, you just craft a story that's authentic, that resonates, and someone's going to be like, yep, we want him. We want her. Full stop. And doing the work, right? That's a lot of what you help people with is like digging into that and figuring out what their values are probably and what they really want from their life. Um, that's that's oh, totally. so, yeah, that's so important and so powerful. I wonder if you have an example that you might be able to share with us of, of a success story or somebody who kind of did that work, um, yeah, obviously without names, but just yeah. to make it real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a, you know what we've, uh, I've worked with, you know, I've been doing coaching work for 17, 18 years now, almost 20. And I I would say, you know, I'm I'm not going to use one person. I'm going to use like two or three people, two or three people that come to mind when I'm about to describe this, this, this story basically. And it's someone who's making a whole lot of money and they've they've essentially got everything from an outside person's perspective looking in they've got it all figured out they've got a great reputation they've got a great you know obviously compensation situation you know they've got the the picket fence you know they've got the kids that you know you know pick your pick your magazine and it looks like the family pictures out of it and but you know they they end up saying you know what I, I'm now done. I'm hanging up my cleats and I'm going to do something else now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take a beat. I'm going to create some space to get super deliberate. And, and regardless of what lane they pick after that, it's that it's, it's amazing. Like it's, it's the right lane for them, but they were able to create space and think mm-hmm. and get back to, you know what, you know, how Buffett has, you know, the circle of competence. They said, what's my circle of values? I'm, I'm big on this. And they were able to define what that is, you know, what's outside that, that circle, what's inside that circle. Because sometimes, you know, it can be fuzzy. If it's fuzzy, you got some more work to do. And they all did that. And, and sometimes it took them a month or two. Sometimes it took them six months, sometimes a year. But on the other side of that, like they, they, they might've done something that they owned a a bigger chunk of Maybe they, went in a very different direction and changed industries altogether. Maybe they previously were very left brain and now they're doing some right brain stuff, you know, and went super creative for a while. Maybe they finally wrote the book that people have been telling them that was inside of them for, for the past decade, but they went through that arc. That's, yeah. that's what's, that's what stands out to me. So, taking the beat. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, it can vary so much. I, my last job change and pretty significant one I really, I thought it was only going to take me a couple months. And I had, a, luckily I had a career coach who she kept saying, why are you limiting yourself to like, in my head, it was like, August and September is when I'm going to figure this all out. Yeah. And, you know, then I got to the end of September. I'm like, I don't think I have it figured out. I mean, it probably took me about a year, you know, honestly. I mean, I made progress along the way. Totally. But it probably took me a whole year to get kind of into the place. It also involved in some way sort of some grieving from what I had been at before, right? Like 
processing through the past a bit. It wasn't just a forward view. It was kind of working through the past a bit too, you know? Oh, totally. No, doing, doing good, solid, hang on a second. You know, I just went through, like, I had an identity. And I just went through year after year of doing a thing. Yes. So for me to do a different thing, what does that mean for my identity? And that's a big deal. Like some people, like, that's just really hard work to do. And so, and by the way, like, I don't think we have to be that literal about taking a year off. Okay. But the the point though is, because some people don't have that luxury. Yeah, completely. The point point is like being able to get super deliberate for, for a window of time so that you can do this reflection work. You can assess, you can look at yourself and the people that matter to you in the eye and say that you've done that work and know this is the direction that I know I'm going to go now. And I've got confidence and I'm looking you in the eye. You're my loved one. I'm looking you in the eye and and we're going to steer it that way. And it'll be choppy, but this is the right thing to do. But you can only do that with confidence if you did that work. Now, sometimes... Yeah, of course, you might have to moonlight yeah. <laughs> a little bit, right? Completely. I mean, I, I'm not one of these people who's like, you know, oh, dogmatically burn the boats. I mean, yeah. be deliberate. Like, really, you know, think through. Play chess. Save right. up. Carve your window. Plant the seeds. You know, build the goodwill. Trade on it in an organized way. Be super deliberate about it. And And when that window comes up, strike. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So good. I want to go back to what you were talking about around values, right? And getting really clear about personal values. A lot of the work that I do is around culture, organizational culture. And what's so interesting about that, right, is a lot of times for organizations, the values that are on the wall or on the website are not the actual values, right? There's a, a reality that's different from what organizations say they want to be. Um, but there is a really interesting kind of connection. It doesn't have to be a perfect match between your own values and the values of the organization. But boy, there should be some some overlap, right? There should be some kind of relationship there. Um, so I'm curious when you think about organizations, culture, and their values, you know, what are some of the conditions that you see need to be in place in order for people to have kind of that sense of meaning and purpose in their careers? Conditions in place on the org side or yeah, from, the, the from the person side? Yeah, on yeah. the org side. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it's the, the best metaphor that I, I, I've I, I come up with on this on this stuff is organizations are like people. And what do we know about people? We know that when when hard times come, you end up seeing the character of the individual. Same thing with an organization. When hard times and turmoil, strife, uncertainty comes about, you get battle tested. Same thing with organizations. And you'll see when times get tough, when, you know, there's either a crisis or something's going on in the news stream or a certain division or a certain product blows up uh, or, or there's, you know, some type of thing that goes sideways you know, it ends up being very revealing about the strength of the leadership and to what degree that messy middle, how much of it permeates down through and people are actually modeling behaviors that they want to see in others. So 
that's the condition that I see that's missing the most. It's in that middle bit where, yeah, I mean, C-suite, like they can, you know, they, they, you know, they're on all the TV shows and, you know, they're running the all hands. But when it comes down to, okay, how are your director, director pluses, your, obviously your officers, like pulling this stuff through, modeling and encouraging other people to do the best work of their careers and really doing it in, in a values-based way. And obviously having to make the tough decisions when they need to be made. But you can look at behaviors. You know, skills are one thing, but you can look at the behaviors. How, how are these people behaving? How are they acting? Because when no one's looking and, and they're talking to you, like you can, and, and you see what's occurring week by week by week and what was communicated, like you get a pretty good idea of, of behavior pretty quickly. Okay. And what's so, really valued, right? And what's really valued. That's right. So it comes down through pull through behaviors and drinking their own champagne. So. <laughs> Completely. I mean, it's, that's everything, right? It doesn't, it goes, it's way bigger of a message about what the culture really is than anything on a website, right? What really happens behind closed doors, what really happens from, you know, those in positions of power. And, and you know, that there are certain decisions that get made. So clearly follow through, you know, saying you're going to go and do a thing and then the organization or the leader actually enables uh, that thing to occur or provides yeah. resources for that thing to happen. Right. So that's yes. trust building, but, but also empowering other people, getting out of their way so they can empower other people. Like we all want, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I, I want to do my best work. I want to enable others. Okay. Well, are they actually doing, and enabling others to do their best work. So that requires coaching, right? They require, okay. You know, it's one thing to be directorial and, and dictatorial and assertive. And yeah, that's well and good. There's a time and place for it. But unless, you know, these folks can get out of the, their own way and really make you feel like you are, you've got the guidance and the support uh, to kind of go out and, and, and emerge and become that leader that you think is inside of you. Like, I feel like that's, secret sauce. Right. Completely. And it's really, it's hard to do, especially if you've never been coached before. If the style that you've been kind of um, part of is more uh, control or directive, it's it's really hard to, to know how to do it, right? You got to learn the skills. Yeah. It's one of those things where you kind of, I mean, you can study it all you want, but you know, you kind of have to see it done well, you know, and then, you know, you've got to, obviously it's a practice. Completely, completely. So one of the things I, I wonder in the work that you do, I'm sure like the concept of mental health and and being healthy in our heads is probably a goal that other people are talking to you about, right? Uh, I'm curious on like, how you've seen that kind of change over time, like that focus on mental health. And maybe, you know, what are some tips that you would give to people who are, are going, going through career transitions around how to, how to work on that and value their own mental health? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, there's still a stigma around it. You know, mm -hmm. as, as much as, you know, that there are books out there now that are actually addressing it and much it's, as, as much as it is, uh, you know, being acknowledged finally by a lot of HR departments, which is a good thing, yeah. but there's still a stigma. Like uh, I, I talk to executives all the time who are kind of like, Hey, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily take that much vacation. I'm, I know that 
at some point there will be retribution if, or if I end up mentioning the real reason why I'm taking a beat or I'm stepping, stepping away or I'm creating the boundary. I know mm-hmm. that I'm going to be judged in a certain way like that. That's the big fear that that's what I see today. Yeah. Right. That right now in 2023 still, it's unfortunate. Yeah. So. That's it. Yeah. All right. Like how do we yeah. move past that after all the things that have happened, you'd think there'd be that stigma would be reduced quite a bit. Right. But you still yeah. sounds like you still see it quite a, a lot, huh? Oh yeah. You still, yeah, I definitely still see it. I mean, the, 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 when I've seen people navigate that the best, okay, the, the pattern that I have seen, I'm, I'm big on patterns. It, it's usually, you know, they've gotten to a point where, where they've done that. Now we're going back to that, like work around values yes. and they get to a point where they're like, well, th- these are my values. I, I, I'm certainly going to always between A and B, I'm going to choose B, which is usually my family or my, my mental health and my ability to show up and be of use first, oxygen mask first. And then I'm going to, of course, you can experiment and figure out what that looks like, but they take action. It's like enough, you know, being scared and worried about it. They pick a path and they figure it out from there. And getting to that point, the fastest, those are the people where I'm saying they, they, they end up getting through it with least damage, right, so to speak. Right. Yeah, that getting to that point of enough being scared about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. That's so yeah. good. Well, my last question, our time's gone so fast, but my last question for you, um, Kevin, is what kind of projects or initiatives are you doing at Career Skills Invest? Um, just curious about what you're working on and then maybe how our listeners could get involved or you know benefit from your resources. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the cool stuff that we've got cooking right now, we've got uh, our flagship program called the Executive Accelerator. And, you know, these are executives 15, 20 years into their career, and they're trying to do a few things. The the, the, the biggest bucket, uh, biggest type of executive situation that they find themselves in, they're feeling kind of not seen, not heard, or as if they can, they've got more gas in the tank to mm-hmm. operate at a higher level. And maybe the promotion hasn't quite come, or they feel like they could, you know, have access to to different projects, or maybe they they find they've been at a place for a long time and they haven't interviewed, you know, in in a while, and so that they just you know need a bit of ump and some structure around that. That's the biggest chunk. The next biggest chunk is they're happy where they are. They're they're doing great. You know, they might be a senior director or or a VP somewhere, but there's been some big swirl, some big reorg some type yeah. of org change and let, you know, the stakes are high for them. So they need some sounding boards. They need some, some resources. They need some guidance to help them make sure what they're seeing is accurate or maybe call some plays. And then, you know, the, the last one is, Hey, the, the folks that are finally in some new role and guess what? Yay. But uh Oh, now <laughs> swimming with larger sharks. So right. <laughs> need to, you know, go far beyond standing up a first 90 day plan. They actually need to kind of, you know, look around the corner of a little bit, you know, inside the org and see where the hockey puck is going. And oh, by the way, they don't have the goodwill built up like they had at the previous company. So, so anyway, you can see like th- those are the types of folks that are, that we help in that messy middle in the executive accelerator. So we, uh, that's what we're doing now. I'm pretty excited about it. 
That's awesome. I, I, I just know from my own experience what a big difference it makes to have somebody with kind of the perspective um, that you don't have when you're in it, right? To have that kind of outside perspective to just help you think a little bit differently or even ask, just asking the questions, right? Oh, totally. um, it makes a huge difference. Well, Kevin, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. I know that our listeners can you know, learn so much from you. So just very grateful for you being on with us today. Look, I'm humbled to get the ask. Laura, it's always a pleasure. And yeah, if anyone wants to look me up or look us up, I'm on LinkedIn, Kevin Williams. Uh, you can also type in careerskillsinvest.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to hear future episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Happy at Work podcast and leave us a review with your thoughts. Are you interested in speaking on a future episode or want to collaborate with us? Let us know. You can send us an email at admin at happyatworkpodcast.com. And lastly, follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter for even more happiness. See you soon.